Hello everyone, Dr. Anjali Ferguson here with season two of the Parenting Culture Podcast. We are so excited to be back here with you. We've been recording a lot of content over the course of 2022, so you'll find a lot of our episodes are related to many of the historical events that have taken place over the last year. Um, We are actually going to kick off our season with an episode around talking to children about abortion and women's reproductive rights. Um, It's a tough conversation. It's a difficult conversation, maybe one that we never even expect or think to have as parents, but that's what we're here for. We want to provide resources for you all on how to navigate some of these more uncertain times and these more difficult parenting conversations that we otherwise don't have supports for. So tune in. Hope you enjoy it. Follow along. We have a wonderful guide available on the website that you can access for free. Let us know your thoughts. Welcome everyone. This is Dr. Anjali Ferguson again, and we are here for another episode of the Parenting Culture Podcast. I am joined today by Dr. Javi Garcia. Welcome. Hello. Nice to be here. We're so excited to have you back. Um, We're going to do things a little differently than past episodes today. Again, we're going to talk a bit about um, uh, women's reproductive rights and talking to children about abortion. Um, So for those of you who may not know, we actually released a guide for families and for parents on how to discuss these topics with children after the Roe decision was made this year um, or the overturning of Roe um, this summer. Um, And so Dr. Garcia is going to kind of lead the dialogue here a little bit and um, question me on why and how we wrote some of these principles into the guide. Yeah, I'm actually I'm very excited to do this, mostly because um, I have a a five year old little girl um, that I when Roe was overturned, I think aside from lots of emotional reactions, I actually thought to myself, like, this is, this could really affect her down the line. Um, and I don't think as any parents wants to kind of like, think like, this is going to be something that largely affects my child, but you never know. And I think it's, it's those hard conversations that we have to have. So I'm very excited to be able to lead this conversation and, and kind of how, how talk about how we talk about these things, especially with children as young, even as young as five, um, which I think is daunting or can be daunting for a lot of parents. Um, so I think, I guess the first question is really like, why, like, why should parents be prepared to have a conversation about abortion with their children, regardless of sex and gender and, and things like that? Like what, what would be, a reason that parents need to be thinking about this. Yeah. I mean, like you said, right. I think it's one of those conversations that we don't really want to have as parents. It's uncomfortable. And every single one of us has differences in terms of our political stance too. And that's okay. And regardless of your own feelings on this, um, I think why it's important uh, we are prepared as parents for this discussion is because it's not a matter of like 
if you're going to have this conversation, right? It's more of a, when are you going to have this conversation? And this goes back to a lot of our kind of um, discussions and teachings around children in general, but children are curious and children absorb what's happening around them and in their environments. And they pick up on what is impacting us as parents too. And when Roe was overturned, that was a huge monumental decision that impacts so many of our lives and our kiddos feel that they kind of feel our stressors. They feel our anxieties our, um, you know, just our feelings around it in general. And they've got questions, they've got thoughts. Um, so you might've already experienced a child asking you, you know, what does abortion mean? And, or what do we mean when we say reproductive rights? And what we want to help with is keeping you from feeling um, like you don't know how to respond or keeping you from feeling stuck in those moments. Um, so that's why I think it's so critical. We be prepared is that we have some type of response for kiddos when they do engage and with the world that we live in kids have access to information. Right. And I'm a firm believer of, I want to kind of disseminate factual information to my child. I kind of want to be the one who's giving that information to them so that they're not left to their own devices to find it on their own. Right. And I, as you were talking, I was thinking of like two actually separate scenarios. Like I mentioned before, I have a five-year-old and, and she is very perceptive. Right. And so uh, the news is on at her house quite a bit and it's not, she's, she's not watching it, but I do, I not specific to Roe, but I do remember like, I'll be looking at the TV and maybe like make like a comment and she'll be like, why'd you say that? Like, you know, and I think this in those moments you get kind of, I get taken aback because I'm not realizing how much she's paying attention to my reactions to things. Um, and so I think that's even, even if she's not asking directly or a child is not ask, asking directly about like, what is abortion or what are reproductive rights? Because clearly some kids are not going to ask those questions, may not even know the language to use, but I think they, they do pick up on your your responses and whether it's positive or negative, they're going to ask you like, why are you so happy about that? Or why does that make you upset? And I think having knowledge about how to answer that in an age appropriate way is really, really important. Um, the other, um, I lost the other thought I had, but I think it, the comment I just made just made me how, I mean, is there too young to have these conversations? And the reason I'm asking is because, you know, I have a five-year-old, do I want to explain to her, all the details about why someone might choose to or not choose to get an abortion. Personally, probably not, but she might have those questions and I'm not, I don't want to lie to her about what it is and, and circumstances, but what, what is appropriate and can you have these conversations with younger kids? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely you can. Right. And I think where you start is by letting them kind of guide you and lead the conversation a little bit, because they are going to ask some type of questioning around this. And you can always say, well, what do you know about that? Or what do you think it means? Right. Um, but when you start the conversation with them for young kids, um, developmentally keeping it factual and talking about kind of pregnancy and growing a child and then choice is a really good way to kind of frame the discussion around abortion. So you don't have to get into like the nitty gritties of what abortion is necessarily, but you can frame it as choice. Like some parents choose to have a child and some parents might 
start to have a baby and then they choose that that's not what they're ready for, for a host of different reasons. And, um, maybe it's because, you know, they physically can't, or maybe they financially can't, or maybe they just don't want to, and all of those things are okay. Um, so I think framing it that way and how, you kind of, when you make that choice, the doctor helps you then figure out which way to go. And sometimes there's medicine or sometimes there's surgery involved, and then you can accomplish your goal of, of what that choice is. Um, so if you make it that developmentally digestible, I think it's easier and it kind of answers some of those questions for kids too. Um, and, and it's always on the side of like, you want to be factual and you want to be somewhat transparent and honest with your kids too, because that really contributes to the relationship that you have with your child too. Yeah. And I think it, again, as you were talking, I was thinking of like, what if I said that to my five-year-old? I like, my worry is that she's going to keep asking questions, but I think I, I always overestimate the amount of interest that she continue that she will continue to show. So I think after I can see also giving that response and then her being like, all right, and then moving on as opposed to in my head, I'm, I'm going to be like, then she's going to ask me all other, all these other questions, which could happen. But I think the same way that you would approach the initial question is to continue kind of what you were saying. Um, yeah. And I think that one of the great things about the guide that we created, right. Is that we don't just stop at like, what do you say? Or how do you explain abortion? There's so many aspects to abortion and reproductive health. That's important, right? Like there's an emotional toll that comes with it. And there's a, again, a host of emotions that people can feel and you can explain it that way to kids. There's like the physicality of it. There's um, like bodily integrity and consent too. And those are all conversations you can have with young kids. And we're very explicit in the guide that we've created on how to do that well and in a way that's receptive to them. And like you said, many times we get stuck in our head thinking, oh no, this is just going to open a door, open a can of worms here. But kids just like want a response. <laughs> like they want to just feel heard and it's unlikely they're going to take you down a rabbit hole. But if you do, we've got you covered. Right. And I was, my follow-up question was going to be like, kind of what what topics should be covered when you're talking about abortion rights, but you seem to have mentioned there's like an emotional component, there's a physical component, um, there's an autonomy component, anything else that would be helpful to kind of cover. Um, and then I'll follow up with, can you talk a little bit about how we talked about younger kids, but how does that shift as the child gets older? Cause obviously I'm a, I'm not assuming I know the com the conversation will get more complicated, yeah. but can you speak a little bit to both of those? Um... Yeah. So we mentioned there's obviously that emotional aspect of things that children across all ages might have questions about. So explaining the emotions that come with this decision of having an abortion. Um, and then along with the emotional piece of things, some kids are going to have questions about how this physically happens too. So the physicality of it all. Um, so for young kids, how would you explain that versus older kids, right? Older kids, you can probably be more 
more explicit on what procedures look like, on the types of doctors you consult, on maybe even the types of medications that come into play and recovery and such. Um, and then a big thing when we're talking about reproductive health in general, it's so important that we teach children of all ages bodily autonomy and consent. And what we mean by that is kind of like teaching kids to be in charge of their own bodies. Um, and consent is really protective against other types of like sexual harm and sexual abuse. And that's, you know, kind of a misconception we have in society is if we talk to kids about genitalia or we teach them like anatomically correct words, that's inappropriate. There's a stigma around it. But in reality, it's actually um, can save kiddos. It can be protective for kiddos against sexual harm. So teaching the importance of saying no to touch that they don't like, and it's okay to not hug and touch people that you don't want to touch or hug, right? All of those things start at a young age and you expand on that as kids get older too. So they maintain that bodily autonomy. Um, Another really big piece is knowing that these conversations are going to change over time, like you said, right? The way you talk about abortion to a five-year-old, I mean, as your daughter gets older, she, the, her questions around this are going to change, especially when she's a teenager. And in those moments, one of the biggest things for us as parents and adults is kind of managing our own emotions in the conversation, um, because as kids grow up, they're building their own identity. They're building their own perspectives on things and especially really important topics like this. And sometimes their thoughts and their perspectives might be different from our own. And the hardest part is kind of letting them grow and develop those thoughts and perspectives and like honoring their choices and not imparting our own opinions onto their their choices as well. Right. Yeah. I, as you were talking earlier on about just like consent and autonomy, it reminded me we um, it's the holiday season and we celebrate Christmas at our, our house. And I, I think this is like a silly example, but um, we went to see Santa and she, she was mm -hmm. able to say, I'm nervous. And I, and I think the, the, like, typically speaking, like kid, like you would think like a child is like really excited. I want to go hug and high five. And she actually was really nervous and didn't want to do it. And, and I was very proud of her because she was able to tell me, I don't want that to happen. But I think if you, and just to kind of tie it in, I think these conversations can also serve as a way to teach other things for your children too, of that are, that are very, very important. Like, I don't want her to feel pressure to hug anyone just because they asked for a hug. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I was, I, I think I, I have not explicitly had any abortion, uh, abortion talks with her, but I just realized what I said, but I meant abortion talks with her. Um, but I can see how, you know, I've had conversations with her about autonomy, which can also help me have the conversation about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, you know how we talk about like your body and, and you should say if you're not comfortable with someone doing something to you, is kind of a little bit similar from my perspective. Again, each parent is going to have their different conversations with their child, but 
Um, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's so true that so it's so foundational. And in a lot of these conversations, what we're trying to do is empower our kids, right? Like one of these days, we are not going to be in control of their decision-making as much. We want to have them feel empowered enough to make choices that feel right for them. And they imp- like healthfully impact their well-being, right? Their mental well-being. Um, so a lot of these discussions really lay that foundation so that when these more difficult topics come up like abortion, then it's less scary for us because we've got that relationship with our child and they've got these basic principles of you're in charge of your body. You are going to make the right decision there. And I trust your decision, like empowering them and building their self-esteem. And it's, it's true. I mean, my, my kid, he's going to be three in a couple weeks, but even he tells me he dislikes Santa and it's just, (laughs) we respect it. Right. He's like, no, too scary. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Maybe one day you'll change your mind, (laughs) but I get it. I mean, a a old man is coming down our chimney to give you gifts. It's kind of creepy. Sit on his lap. If you don't want to like totally respect (laughs) those decisions. Um, and yeah, I think it's a great way, like you said, to tie in so many different things throughout their development. Yeah. And I, and I just, uh, I just became a little mindful of the fact that I've been talking a lot about my daughter, but at the end of the day, I also have a boy, mm-hmm. you have a boy. And I think, I mean, I think just cult, like society in general, I think this abortion tends to be kind of a topic that is mostly spoken about with women as opposed to like, it also affects men. And I think that's a misconception is that it doesn't obviously very differently, but I think these guys, and I'm only saying that because I don't want the perception to be like, this is really important for, for girls to have this discussion. I think it's just as equally important to have these conversations with um, boys so that they are also aware of, of what it is and and why it affects other people. Cause that's teaching them a lot of things, including in my opinion, including like perspective taking and yeah. being able to understand the whole picture, not just how it affects me, but how is it affecting someone else? Um, which absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're speaking, I was just recording our, um, fatherhood mental health episode with Dr. Bumashigbin yesterday. And he was bringing up such great points that you're speaking to because he he made a point to me of how even something like child rearing or babysitting, we don't think of boys as babysitters. We never like hire a boy to babysit. So our lifelong development to become parents as women, as females is we've got more opportunities for it, but we don't give boys the same opportunities and it shouldn't be that way. Right. Like men, if we want men to be great caregivers, we need to give them opportunities too. And it's making me think of that discussion of that gender bias and gender disparity, because we just have that inherently in us, right? Like when we think of abortion, we're thinking, let's raise our girls to be empowered and X, Y, and Z. But yeah, I've got a boy and I intend to have these conversations with him because it's every much his responsibility. Like it's just so much his responsibility as it is a a girl to know and understand these principles and respect his body while respecting other people's as well and their choices too. Awesome. Yeah. Um, this has been really, really helpful. Any, um, any other like personal experiences you've had with tough conversations, whether it is with abortion or, or not that, that you feel would be helpful and could apply Yeah. I mean, you know, when it comes to abortion um, and women's rights, one of the things that I've just 
kind of learned over the years and mostly after becoming a parent is just how prevalent it is. Right. And, um, I just have so many people in my life that have undergone procedures that are technically abortion and they, we just haven't explicitly had those conversations until this year when Roe was under fire and then eventually overturned. And then it became much more of a central discussion and people were coming out with their stories. And I think my biggest thing is I, I wish, and part of why we've created this space at parenting culture too, is for us to have conversations that aren't otherwise had um, because you're not alone. We're not alone. And people are experiencing these hardships and it would be less difficult and less hard if we feel seen and validated in that process. So I hope like our intention with the guide, our intention with all our resources is to empower folks to just be more open to these discussions and be more candid in their experience. Cause your lived experience is so powerful. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think there's definitely certain topics that are easier to talk about just because there's not such a stigma around it, right? Like, I think even just changing the term from uh, like a medical abortion to a miscarriage, that by itself lends, like makes people more comfortable to talk about it. But I mean, there's there can be a difference, but it's still a, t- a tough conversation to have. And I think it's okay to have those conversations with your children. Um, I know we have this beautiful guide um, that you and Dr. King worked really hard on, um, any, any other takeaways, quick activities or reminders that you would like the audience to kind of leave this conversation with? Yeah. I think my overall theme for this conversation is openness. Right. And I, when I say openness, I mean like be open to having these tough discussions there. It's again, not a, if it's going to be a, when, it comes up. So prepare yourself and just be open to it. And then also be open to it evolving over time, like we said. So it's going to change at dependent on the age of your child over the course of their development and their identity development and choices. Um, And then also be open to kind of sharing your experiences and like kind of owning some of your experiences too, right? Like honoring them and knowing that it's kind of brought you to where you are in your journey. Um, and then check out our guide. Like it's, it is super helpful. So we have tried to think of everything you could think of when it comes to this topic, we may have missed things here and there. Um, we consulted with several folks who've undergone this process who are parents themselves too. Um, so we think it's a really rich resource and share them, share them with your friends and family and even your pediatricians and providers too. Cause we think it could be a really valuable support. Yeah. The guide is, it's amazing. I'm, I'm looking through it right now and I think it does have a lot of helpful tips and um, suggestions and examples of how how you can have these conversations with your children. So per usual, I enjoy our conversation. I appreciate for you having me on this episode. Thank you for having me, I guess, in ways and for chatting about it and loved it. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Um, follow along. You can find the podcast on all major streaming platforms and check out the website too at www.parentingculture.org. You'll find all our guides there and also follow us on Instagram for some more updated content. Um, and we appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you.